Welcome back to Staff Traits. This is the Work Life Show. I'm Catherine Wilson and today's guest is a lovely man called Bob Teasdale. He's the brand new managing director of a Sheffield-based tech company named My HR Toolkit. They have just been acquired by another group called Agilio Software with lots of lots and lots and lots of exciting changes on the way. Um, they basically produce hard um they produce core tech software for smes and they have over 1200 corporate customers throughout the uk welcome to the show bob thank you very much thanks so much for being with us today bob so tell me a little bit about um so recently you've you've become managing director and how are you feeling about that well it's a big change um i joined the MyHR Toolkit. I didn't really have a job title when I started. I just turned up and I was the third member of staff. So through the years, I've become more and more involved in running it. Um, but to sort of, dare I say it, get the top job um, eventually is, 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 is flattering, but daunting as well. But I'm very excited about it. Good, good. So, and the company that you work, you you are managing director of, they offer um, a system which is designed to help run companies' employees' engagement. Is that correct? Um, primarily, um, not so much on the engagement side. Primarily, um, we manage their HR. Okay. So everything from keeping a, a record of who's actually working for the company through to managing holidays, sickness, training lots of other bits and pieces but key, the core thing they all talk to each other and they all sit in one place and so you joined my hr toolkit um back in 2014 is that correct as a business manager 2012 um I, 2012. I was a man with no name i had no job title but eventually yes i think i became the business manager fantastic okay um so can you talk us through a little bit because we're always intrigued at how people get to their dream role because at one stage you did say that you wanted to become who you are today um but can you talk us a little bit through the career and how it's led you to this managing director role um yeah i i was a, a child of the 80s um and as a result ended up doing a lot of different jobs i, w I was a forklift truck driver i was a lifeguard um i cleaned airplanes for a short period of time you, you sounds a bit grim up north but you took what jobs you could um the making of me was probably a, i went to do a, a three-year degree at what was sheffield polytechnic now called sheffield hallam university it's gone up in the world um i studied recreation management so after that a short stint working for a bingo club uh, which each to their own but it was a, it was a pretty grim job um and I fell into recruitment, so IT recruitment. Um, I did that for 17 years. I went my way up from being a, a sort of trainee consultant, sort of person that you either go to when you're looking for a job or comes to you to see if you've got any jobs. Um, I did that, and then slowly but surely, I moved within the same company into um, being involved in service desk. And I was responsible for, for building up uh, British Airways worldwide service desk wow. for, for internal faults. 
um, which I really enjoyed that. And I got a lot from that and it, and, and it exposed me to the world of HR. Mm-hmm. So after doing that in 2012, um, just after the, the credit crunch, really several years, we were still feeling the effect. I was made redundant, which, to be honest, by that time, I was kind of quite pleased. It was the year of the Olympics. So I spent a lot of time watching that on TV. And then through a mutual friend of a friend, fell into working for something called My HR Toolkit. Wow. Very cool. And My HR Toolkit, they work for a lot of or work with, I should say, a lot of small to medium enterprises. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, our, our product is aimed at customers, SMEs. Our smallest is probably three or four. Okay. Um, and our largest is in several hundreds. Wow. Okay. And can you talk us through how adapting or adopting HR software changes the way a small to medium enterprises businesses run how it helps it benefits that sort of thing the main thing is that uh, principally it helps them to centralize and control their data and their processes um and, and in doing so so rather than having multiple filing cabinets or excel spreadsheets and things like that it puts it in one place it allows you to secure permissions to that data and it gives you one source of truth so a good sort of example of that would be company handbooks. Companies may issue updates, they may change the handbook over time, and employees, in a paper-based environment, it's hard for employees to know that they're looking at the correct version. But as you know, I like to say, if it's, if it's the version in Toolkit, it's the correct version. So it allows them to control that and all their other data. Um, but also define processes, so you don't have every manager inventing their own absence policy and having very poor quality reporting. It standardizes um, and it allows companies to coalesce around one single defined process. Okay. And we've been reading actually in a recent post by the HR executive, um, it was uncovered that 76% of small businesses are relying more on their digital tools during the pandemic. Can you talk to us about any shifts you've seen in recent companies when it comes to using HR software during the pandemic? Has it all moved over to software now? Well, thanks a lot have, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the main, one of the main drivers was that in, in March last year, as everybody very rapidly moved to home working, they realized that they couldn't take the filing cabinets with them. And very often, you know, I mean, to be totally honest, in our business, the the account staff did go home with a few bundles of files under their arms that they thought they might need. But obviously, you can't transpose all of that if you're anything like a a, a medium sized business. Mm -hmm. And very quickly, people's processes and data access broke down. And so we've seen we saw in that period and actually after the shock of March, I think, but onwards after that, we saw an increase in people making inquiries about. Um, taking their systems online using HR software so that they could communicate with their now distributed workforce. Some companies had never considered working from them. To some companies, it was an anathema. They would have, oh, we're not doing that. We like to keep mm-hmm. an eye on people. And then all of a sudden, it was forced on people. They had no preparation for it whatsoever. And a large number came knocking on our door. Brilliant. Brilliant for you, but I'm sure it was quite tricky for your workload. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't expect all that. Were you working from home before all this happened, or is this something? Yeah, you- I mean, we 
as a business we'd never you know we hadn't embraced it really mm. you know we had a few people would do a few days now and again we just never really thought about it and most people liked coming in the office we've got quite a local workforce you know we're based up in Sheffield you know people live relatively locally a lot of our workers had walked to work yeah but we did make the move to home working sooner before it was mandated because we, we we sort of saw what was happening and we, we 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 planned it quite effectively so to some degree it was a seamless service um one of the things that we we, we thought when it first started i mean none of us knew how long it was going to last mm-hmm. and the idea of recruiting in a pandemic recruiting people you'd never seen before seemed well we're not going to do that mm-hmm. whereas now it's totally normal we've got several uh, computer programmers it's a couple of people in our marketing team i mean we have met them now but they joined us and the only reason they met us was for to hurriedly stuff a laptop in their hand give them a quick briefing and then it was all on teams and zoom yeah but i, I think, think I... in terms of i don't think we, we we're not i can't see as a as a as a as a, as a country as a, as a workforce wherever it's, unless you have to the you know office knowledge-based work is probably never going to be the same again no and I so agree. you know people will there will be demand for connecting software whether it's something like my toolkit or zoom or teams um, accounting software recruitment software the future development of these products is going to take that into into account hmm. a couple of people i've spoken to actually and there's been surveys carried out multiple um, some people in people management and HR sides of the company feel a little bit threatened by technology and they, they feel like it, it can in the future affect their traditional job roles. Um, what's your take on this perspective? And do you think it's a reasonable concern to have that, that they're worried? I, can, I, I think back to my, let's say I've worked for this company for eight years now. And one of my first ever customers that I actually went to see was a company that had bought our product and most people put perhaps a year's historical data on it and they wanted to put something like 12 years of data on it and i mean it was a big undertaking let's just put it that way um so i went along to help them and show them the ropes um what was telling they never achieved that goal and in part it was because one or two of the administrators in that business were fearful that if they ever deployed some new software that would do the holiday calculations then it would somehow diminish their role mm. so this idea of, of, of and i guess you could go back way further that people are a bit threatened by the new that it seems to automate the functions they're doing mm. people are a bit more enlightened of seeing that it, it automates generally the simple stuff the drudgery the stuff that really people don't like doing Mm-hmm. People don't really like calculating holiday entitlements. A lot of people, it really makes them nervous in case they give people too much or too little. So a simple example like that, people will, when they understand what it will do for them, they like that, they appreciate it more. But it also, in a more enlightened way, it, it opens up. HR these days is not supposed to be about calculating holiday entitlements and ticking boxes it frees up the, 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 the HR component in a business to, to provide more true value, to think about things like succession planning. What are the processes? And are they actually improving the business as they go along rather than merely running a system? So I think you... a lot that, 
it depends which camp you want to want to fall into. But when one looks at professional HR advisors, and, and we work with quite a lot, they yeah. see it as an enabler to help their customers to become more efficient, to cut out all the menial work and, and, and to move forward and to make the business better, which is what HR is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. You've just touched on something there that I find very interesting. Um, you said that, you know, it gives them more time for those tasks that are actually more beneficial to the company overall. Um, what sort of things do you mean by that? Well, uh, one of the, look at, very often a company will design a process when it's of a certain stage of maturity. And very often, obviously, companies are functional before they're perhaps transformative you know they're they're very transactional that's the word i'm looking for they're very transactional and so the processes are built around that if you are on sick ring this number you know it's all that that's all it is Mm. and very often those processes become embedded the company grows managers are taught to run those processes and there's never the time to say hmm maybe we should have a process to look at this sickness data find out why it's happening and see if we can do something about it for example do we get sickness at a certain time of year? Is there a certain part of the business? What can we do? And very often you'll, under, you'll see companies that understand this because they don't have sickness proce- processes. They have attendance management processes okay. because that's, what, that's the desired outcome. So process review, things like succession planning. So, you know, in five years, who will be at each rung of the ladder? Who will, and, and ergo in larger companies, who do we need to recruit now? to be in those places to move through each person may have a career development plan we need this person they could follow one of these three routes so let's provide them with the skills that they need mm-hmm. and again that takes time thought and expertise but that's the sort of task that not spending all day every day picking up post-it notes with somebody who says can i have next wednesday off and having to deal with it <laughs> yeah but that, that's the reality of it yeah is there any business or any stories you have from businesses you've worked with um, that maybe, you know, you've brought this 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 whole plan of, you know, let, what did you call it? The attendance. Attendance management. Attendance management. Like you brought this into their into their view. Um, is there any is there any companies you've seen really thrive because of that? To be to be fair, we generally we would we provide the software and it has the opportunities built into it. We aren't the people going out to advise the customers. A lot of our customers, larger ones, will have their own HR advisors, but we also work closely with a lot of um, freelance HR advisors, so we can connect people up. And in many respects, they would be the person who would go into the companies, look at what their needs are, the, the structure of it. They would decide on on whether it's a attendance management or a performance management system. Um, And then they would, in conjunction with us, modify our software to achieve the to to model the process that they've set up for them. Um, We do find that because we cover a lot of bases and we work very closely with with HR people within businesses, I don't have any specific stories of perhaps greatness but we do have some real champions out there who who love the product because it becomes we were talking earlier about sometimes some people are a bit intimidated by change but there are people out there who've embraced this and and for some of them it it, it becomes um, a large part of their job for a while um, I used to have some lovely little certificates that I used to send out my child toolkit superstar certificates 
I was in the early days when I had a bit more time on my hands, but we'd say, and I'd go and visit these people and their superstar certificates would be on the wall. Listen, it works for children. Why can it not work for adults? I would love a certificate. Well, you, you, you might have earned one today. <laughs> Maybe if I'm lucky, I'll keep my fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> so one of our most, I find our most exciting questions that we ask all of our guests, how do you feel like you personally achieve a work-life balance? Do you feel like you do? I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not very good at it. And this is a real creepy, creepy answer. I actually really enjoy what I do. And I, I, I find it quite hard to turn off. Uh, but, um, so I certainly haven't got a secret formula. Don't mm. ask me. Um, things that I enjoy doing in my spare time, um, I like gardening. Um, I've got a large sort of workshop at the top of my garden. And I can go up there and tinker for hours. And, and my wife often says, well, what have you made? <laughs> a lot of it seems to involve tidying up, but it's therapeutic tidying up. Um, I've started walking a lot more in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So this week, this month, actually, at work, we've got a step challenge. So I've never measured them before, but I'm measuring them now. And um, I think between about 16 of us, we're going to hit three million or something like that. Have you got a piece of software to help you with this, Bob? Only only on my phone. And I I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know this. Somebody somebody had to. I'm not very shamefully i'm not very good with phones i'm not all that techy well listen so i have said, the i i got this 20 quid um smart watch and it's all it does is calculate my steps and well, you know it, it helps in i think it helps you really be more aware of how much you're moving and not although um, I think especially that, with working from home well that's it i did do it. i i went out early this morning but this lunchtime i was going to before speaking to you i was going to go out for really quick go for a quick walk i popped out met my neighbor talked for half an hour and came back in so <laughs> I didn't really get very far well at least you know that took your mind off you know the day that you're having or whatever well, you that's know. It. I think try and break it up a little bit I've been fortunate that although a lot of our staff have all been working from home um I've been able to go into the office from time to time sometimes on my own and work from there and that, that that's been quite bizarrely pleasant mm. um going back into a, a different working environment and being able to visit the sandwich shop around the corner and what are you personally, so I know, I know you're trying to maybe get, maybe sounds like a little bit, Bob, like you're trying to do more of the things you love without getting, you know, it being part of your job. But I can tell from speaking to you, you're a people person. Is that what you enjoy most about your job, working with people? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's what's been uh, the most, I mean, our team have been spectacular during mm. the pandemic we had no nobody worked from home before and we just threw everybody into it we said here's teams here's zoom is we bought a load of laptops and delivered them and and people have been brilliant but i have so missed just chatting with people and sorting stuff out and mm-hmm. uh and, and now you're their well, managing director so you're gonna have to come in and lay down the law well yeah yeah well not <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm, half of the half of the team were reporting to me anyway. That the half no. that weren't was sort of with all the computer programmers. So mm. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get to know them. Um, but I believe they're going for a um, they're booked a table. Our off our office is actually next door to a craft brewery. Oh, that's uh, right dangerous and and very pleasant. And our development team are having a Thursday drinks. So I think I should go and do my managing director duties and go and join them for that. 
sounds good i'm hoping for an invite but we'll speak about that later (laughs) um so one final question for you what are you most looking forward to both professionally and personally i think professionally i'm looking forward to getting back into the office bringing people back um really we've done well in the pandemic but we've not been able to develop too much um, new processes and, and we've got some exciting ideas for new things that we can do because we, we we changed offices in the middle of the pandemic um, we, we got rid of one got another and, and some people have never been in it so bring everybody together start to get that that buzz particularly from the sales and marketing team that work so well together um, that that sort of restarting it all and just working with people and I think um, professionally uh, I think I said at the start I've, I've, I've had various senior board level roles but I've never been the managing director before so it's a little bit daunting um, but that's my that's going to be my personal challenge to, to make that a success um, and hopefully uh, look back and say you know I, I held most roles throughout through my career and I made us a, a reasonable stab of all of them very good I like that. And people, um, so some of your staff that might be watching this, they can look forward to some printed out certificates if they do well. Oh, yes. Yes. We, we have also, like I say, we've got an incentive. We've got the, the step incentive running this week. Actually, I'm just looking at it. Everybody has it. We have some uh, some lovely branded mugs that people get as well. I was just looking for one. It's not here. Um, <laughs> so everybody gets after, after and, we, and we we give out things like that. So, yeah, we like to, we like to keep it light. It's uh, You've got to enjoy your work. If you're not enjoying your work, you're probably in the wrong job. Um, Absolutely. You know, sometimes it takes people. I, I've done plenty. I think I've done about 12 jobs in my life. So um, I've tried a few and I've ended up in one that I like. And I, and I, and I count myself fortunate for that. That's a, I think that's a great quote to live by. Isn't, isn't that what they say? Um, if, you, if you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Isn't that? Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. Don't know who said that, but I, I think that's a good quote to live by. Well, I think that's true. And and sometimes if you, you the, the difficulty is i think sometimes people follow career paths from school and if it's very career orientated and vocational they end up in a job and, and it might take them 15 years before they go you know what this is terrible um and hopefully go on to find something that they they love it's, it's not easy but I, I i think if you can do it and if you find yourself and you realize that you like it you've got to work at it sometimes but yeah it's such a great position to be in Oh, our, sorry, Bob Teasdale. Thank you so much. Managing Director of um, Sheffield-based tech company, My HR Toolkit. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hopefully you'll like and subscribe and you'll enjoy this video. Um, I'm Catherine Wilson and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.